Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us with your favorite podcast software to make sure that you never miss an episode. A reminder, as you're making your travel plans, go to johnnydollarair.com. johnnydollarair.com is a Priceline affiliate link. So part of the purchase price benefits the great detectives of old-time radio at no additional cost to you. So remember, when making your travel plans, check johnnydollarair.com first. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. The original air dates, February 15th, 16th, and 17th, 1956, and it's the Qui Bono Matter episodes 3 through 5. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Tom Bates. Oh, how are you? Dr. Praley just called me, Mr. Dollar. He says you've been threatening him. Oh, I wouldn't call it a threat, Mr. Bates. I simply told him that if he won't let me question Miss Parker, then I'll have to get a court order to do it anyway. Well, as acting county attorney here, I think I could block that order, Mr. Dollar. Maybe, but I doubt if it would be a very smart move. Now, you look here. She's in no shape to answer questions. She's under doctor's care. It's been five days now since the shooting. She's still very upset, nervous. She might say things that could be misconstrued, that she didn't mean. Oh, what things? How would I know? I just thought you might. Since you've already questioned her once, right after she killed her father, wasn't she upset then? Did she say anything you misconstrued? I'm warning you, darling. And I'm warning you. I'm going to talk to that girl one way or another. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Green Pass, Virginia, to the Home Office, Surety Mutual Insurance Limited, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the qui bono matter. Qui bono, Latin for who benefits. Item eight, one dollar. Transportation out to Sammy Drake's Happy Hollow Roadhouse on the highway north of town. On the way there, I thought over what I'd learned so far, and I realized it wasn't much. On the face of it, the thing was simple enough. No mystery at all. Five nights ago, Dan Parker, the local county attorney, had returned from a business trip and entered his sleeping house. His adopted daughter, Luann, mistaking him for a prowler, had shot him to death in the darkness. There it was, an accident, pure and simple. The coroner said so, the sheriff agreed, and the whole town was determined to keep it that way. But I still couldn't buy it quite that easily. Not when there was a $100,000 life insurance policy payable to Luann Parker the girl who'd pulled the trigger. Maybe I'd find some answers at the roadhouse. The Happy Hollow was like a thousand other places of its kind. 
a neon-lighted barn set 50 yards off the road. Inside, a jukebox, a raucous bar, and a scattering of tables around a splintery dance floor. Saturday night's a four-piece band, probably a game or two going on in the back room, and whatever else the local sports might demand. It was early yet, and the joint hadn't started to jump. What's the word, Mac? Save your money and buy booze. Yeah, man. Out of town, huh? Depends on which town. Any town but this one, man. Here it's for the birds. Oh, I don't know. Looks to me like you got a good setup here. I'm eating. But it ain't easy, man. It's rough. Oh, it'll be rougher, Sammy, with a new county attorney. What's the pitch, Mitch? That's your name, isn't it? Sammy Drake? That's a crime, maybe? Oh, it might be. I don't know yet. You were the feds? No. Syndicate man? No, I'm an insurance investigator. Insurance? You mean protection? <laughs> Not the kind you're talking about, Sammy. I'm here in connection with Dan Parker's death. You mean you're legit? That's right. Well, tie me up and mail me off. I thought you were somebody putting a bite on me. I am. Yeah? Yeah. I got some questions, Sammy. And I want some answers. About that Parker rubber? Right. Well, you're out of luck, Chuck. I don't know nothing from nothing about nothing. See what I mean? I got reason to think different. How so? Somebody been passing the word? Maybe. Two get you five, it was that Bates character. Am I in? I couldn't say. Sure it was. The new county attorney. He's got a big deal now. And he'd give his left eyeball to put the finger on me. Why so? Why has he got it in for you, Sammy? Because he thinks his doll has been... You mean the Parker girl? I forget. You want to do it the hard way, Sammy? No speaking English. I can get Tom Bates to wish you a warrant, you know. He'd love to have that chance. So you can either talk to me here and now, or you can talk to him and the sheriff in the basement of the courthouse. Rough and tough, huh? If that's what it takes, yes. Come on back to the office. All right. What'd you say your name was, Buzz? I didn't. It's Dollar, Johnny Dollar. Dollar, huh? Yeah, it rhymes with collar. I always like to be wise to who's putting the slug on me. Come on in. Thanks. How about a drink? No, uh, not now, thanks. Well, I guess I'll have a short one for my health. You hungry? Like a steak? Later, maybe. They're the most. This is a crummy joint, strictly for the sticks. But the food's good. Well, here's a go. Yeah. Maybe you think I'm trying to stall. <laughs> I know you are, Sammy. No, no, not really. Not now, anyway. Because when I stop and think about it, I can't see where I got anything to worry about. You see what I mean? You haven't, unless you had something to do with Dan Parker's death. Now, now, let's relax, Max. The, word, the way I get the word, nobody had anything to do with it except that doll. Could be. Could be nothing. Did she blast him or didn't she? Apparently she did. <laughs> Thought he was a burglar. <laughs> That's a rich one. And she's halfway right at that. Meaning? Look, Dollar, I'm on a level with you. If you got any idea that I wanted Dan Parker knocked off, you're way out there. You want to know why? I can probably, yes. I'll tell you why. He was my fix in this town. Three years I've had this place open, and I've never been touched. So why would I want to put myself out of business? Oh. How much was the payoff? Grand and a half a month. Maybe you figured you could make a better deal with somebody else. Yeah? Who? Not with that stuffed shirt Bates. He's just been itching to get at me. But Parker kept the lid on him. How about the sheriff? Who knows? I'm going to give him a pitch, of course. It's my only chance now to stay in business. But I don't know if he'll play. See what I mean? <laughs> All right, Sammy. Let's go back to the question I asked you outside there. 
Why does Bates have it in for you? Because he's got the drooling goose for that Parker kid. And he didn't like it much when she kept hanging around me. How'd you feel about it? You want the truth? I didn't like it much either. Why not? She was too wired up and spoiled. Used to getting her own way. Oh, this town's treated her like a queen or something. She figured she could do as she pleased. Well, that don't go in a joint like this. What do you mean? Well, these lads come in here, get a few shots under their belt. Dame like that starts to mean trouble. I didn't want her hanging around. I had a good thing going here, and I wasn't about to get it lost step. But it was no use. I couldn't keep her out. What did her father think about it? He didn't like the idea, but he couldn't do much about it. She got her own way with him, the same as with everybody else. Except when she wanted to go to New York. Well, nobody can win them all. I understand you put that idea in her head, Sammy. Then you better take a different understand. Yeah? Yeah. She was bugged up on that idea before I ever met her. That's why she started coming in here. She wanted me to put her hep on how it was in the big, wild city. She wanted to know how to get in. What was the names of all the spots, including the rough ones? How the rackets worked. <laughs> how would I know how the rackets worked? <laughs> I didn't say a word, Sammy. You know some. In some ways, that kid's as smart as a mink. But underneath, she's a regular hick, just like the rest of them around here. She thinks that stuff is glamour, the big time, hot stuff. And she was busting her braces to get at it. Even this place, this, this crummy clip joint. To her, it was wicked and exciting. Oh, man, how square can you get? I suppose you're trying to talk her out of going to New York. Do I look crazy or something? I was all for it, anywhere. As long as it got her off my neck. Oh, a beautiful girl like Luann Parker on your neck and you were trying to shake her off? Oh, Sammy, I'm losing you. Oh, look, Dollar, when it comes to dames, I've got as fast an eye as the next guy. But with that chick, oh, man, I unpack my toothbrush and I stay home. Why? Why? She's got this whole town fooled, everybody but me. A sweet little thing in ruffled rompers, bucking for a halo. Well, I got news for you, brother. She ain't. And you're the only one who really knows her. Is that what you're claiming, Sammy? Sure. It's a big laugh. But that kid's smart. And inside, she's colder than a fish. I'm a fairly tough baby, Dollar, but I'll tell you something straight. I'm scared of that girl. Expense account item nine, $6.90. Steak and incidentals at the Happy Hollow Roadhouse. And Sammy Drake was right. The steak was good. Item 10, $1.75. Transportation out to the Green Pass Railroad Depot, three miles east of town. I'd tried to see that night station agent earlier in the day, but he was sleeping then. But it was nearly midnight now, and I figured he'd be on duty. He was. Good evening, sir. I'd... Hold it, son. Got a message come in here. Yes, sir. Old number eight's going to be right on time. I'm glad to hear it. I <laughs> want to... Hold it, uh... son. Got to answer it, you know. Mighty important business getting these here trains through. Yes, I imagine it is. I... Yeah, hold it! Yes, sir. Right on time. Be here in about two minutes now. Well, son, what's on your mind? I wondered if you were on duty the night Dan Parker got back in from Richmond. The night he was killed. Oh, yes, indeed he... Uh... Uh, you must be that fella Sheriff Jim Peterson was telling me about. That fella from the insurance company. Yes, that's right. Well, then I guess it's all right to talk to you. At least, why, that's what Jim said. Nice of him. It's a mighty terrible thing. A downright tragedy for that poor motherless girl. Making a mistake like that, shooting her own father. Yeah, a rough deal. Did you notice Mr. Parker when he got off the train that night? Well, of course I did. I always notice anybody getting off. It's part of my job, son. Yeah, well, I, uh... It was right about this same time of night... 
He come in on number eight at the same one it's doing now. Did you talk with him? Of course I talked with him. I know Dan Parker since we was both pups. <laughs> he said, he said, hi, Willie. I said, fine. And he said, how's the family? And I said, fine. And he said, well, you know, we, we talked. We had to talk more or two, but there, there's some fellow with him. Now. Oh, well, I didn't I, know that. I reckon it was just some passenger he'd struck up the time of day with. Dan was all... There. You hear that, son? She's a-coming across the Briar Creek Bridge right now, right on time, Well, uh, look, what happened to this stranger? Did he and Dan Parker leave the station together? Oh, no. No, they just talked while the engine was taken on water. The fella got back on the train before it pulled out. He's just going through. Did you hear what they were talking about? No, can't say that it did, son. Most likely didn't amount to nothing, though. No, I suppose not. By golly, I did hear one thing. Oh, it, what? Just when the train was starting up, the fella leaned out and yelled... Thanks a lot. I'll be seeing you. Dan just grinned, waved back, went on down the platform to the telephone booth. You uh, don't know what he meant by that remark. Oh, nothing, more than likely. Just one of them things you say, you know. But that's life for you, because he won't be seeing him after all. See, she's coming around the bend there, son. I got to get the mail sack out. You got any more questions, you're going to have to ask him on a run. The mail's got to get through. I wouldn't think of stopping it. Hey, look, uh, you said Dan Parker made a call from that telephone booth over there. You know who he talked to? Nobody, son. What do you mean? Well, he come back and said get a busy signal. I guess he'd have to walk home. And that's what he done. That was his mistake. That was one of them anyway. Well, you got any more questions? I reckon they'll have to wait. I haven't got any more. How's that, son? I said thanks a lot. Uh, what part? Well, there you got me. I don't know. Johnny Dollar. Tom Bates, Mr. Dollar. Oh, good morning, Mr. Bates. There's nothing like starting the day with a good fight. That is not my intention at all. Good. I was beginning to think you went around in a permanent state of belligerency. Only when I see a so-called insurance investigator out to frame an innocent girl. Anybody I know? Look, Dollar, will you be available at two this afternoon to interview Miss Parker? I've been available for two days. She's the one who hasn't been. She was in no condition to see anyone. However, Dr. Praley is releasing her in an hour, and she's going on home. All right. Tell her I'll see her at two. It won't be necessary to tell her. You'll go out there with me, and you'll talk to her in my presence. Like that, huh? You can take it or leave it. Oh, I'll take it, Mr. Bates. And you know something? I think I'll still be able to tag her. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Green Pass, Virginia, to the Home Office, Surety Mutual Insurance Limited, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Qui Bono matter. Expense account continued. <laughs> Item 12, $1.80 for a late and leisurely breakfast in the hotel coffee shop. Leisurely because I had nothing to do but kill time. I'd covered every possible lead I could think of, and the result, zero. The simple facts of the case were that Dan Parker, the local county attorney, had returned unexpectedly from a business trip late at night, entered his darkened home, and had been shot to death as a prowler by his daughter, Luann. Coroner's verdict, accidental death. Amount of insurance, $100,000. Beneficiary, Luann Parker. Why don't you give up, Dollar? 
Admit you're wrong. Wrong about what? About thinking you've got a chance of beating Miss Parker out of her insurance money. Oh, so that's what I'm trying to do, huh? That's what your company pays you for, isn't it? To find some angle, some technicality that they can use to break the claim? No, they pay me for the unpleasantness of having to put up with bullheaded acting county attorneys, Mr. Bates. Sure. You'd a lot rather question that girl without me being around. Bates, I'd rather do anything without you being around. Well, the feeling is mutual. I just can't quite figure you. Usually, I get complete cooperation from the local prosecutor's office. But you've tried to block every move I've made here. I'm protecting Miss Parker's rights, that's all. Her rights haven't been challenged. I'm not out to get her. If I'm convinced that she's innocent and that her claim is legitimate, I'll report it that way. All the company wants is the facts. Look, I'm not hired as a claim breaker. And of course you know that. You've dealt with insurance cases before. So I wonder what the real reason is for your attitude. Suppose you tell me. Well, you're in love with her, of course, and that itself could be the explanation. Or maybe it's only part of it. Meaning what? Maybe you know more about it than you've admitted. Maybe you know she's guilty and are trying to cover up for her. I know she's innocent, sir. Or uh, it's possible your motives are a little more selfish. Maybe she's covering up for you. What do you mean by that? <laughs> it's that old Latin phrase, qui bono, who benefits. Who gains through Parker's death? His daughter does. Of course, she gets the insurance. But so do you, Bates. In what way? Well, you got Parker's job, didn't you? And along with it, the chance to run Sammy Drake out of town without Parker stopping you. And in the long run, if Luann marries you, you'll get a good part of the insurance. Are you accusing me of murder? No, just speculating. But it's an interesting possibility. Don't you think so? Any particular subjects I should avoid, Mr. Bates? Ask anything you want. As long as I'm here to advise her. Oh, hello, Tom. Luann, this is Mr. Dollar from the insurance company. How do you do, Miss Parker? Mr. Dollar, won't you come in? Thank you. I guess we'd better go in the study. Mary's cleaning the living room. In here. Just sit down anywhere. How do you feel, Luann? Oh, I'm all right now. For a few days after it happened, I, I couldn't feel anything but horror, self-loathing. I wanted to kill myself. But the last two days, I've... Well, I've done a lot of thinking about what Daddy'd say if he was still here. He was a wonderful man, Mr. Dollar. Yes, the whole town seems to agree on that. I'd give my life gladly to change what happened. But it can't be changed. Daddy used to say, Luann, remorse is only self-pity in disguise. The future is a question mark. All you have is the present, so live it. He believed in those ideas, Mr. Dollar. And I'm going to try to live my life by those beliefs. Because I loved him very much. <clears throat> uh, Miss Parker, I have a few things I'd like to ask you in order to complete my report. Do you feel up to answering some questions? Yes, of course. Whatever you wish. I insisted, Luann, that I be present during this interview. Why, Tom? His job is to save money for the insurance company. He'll try to trip you up. Lead you into saying things you don't mean. Things that could be misinterpreted. Tom, that's ridiculous. I've nothing to hide. Of course, hon. But he'll make it seem as if you do. I'd say you're making it seem that way, and for no more reason than just a silly kind of suspicion. Luann. Mr. Dollar, would you rather talk to me alone? I think it would work out a little better that way. Tom, it's been nice to see you. I'm not leaving. Yes, you are leaving. 
Right now. Honey, you do... I said now. All right, Dollar. I guess you will. Phone me later, Tom. Sure, Luann. He's nice. He means well, but sometimes he can be an awful idiot. Oh, his actions are fairly normal. For a man in love. Or one who thinks he's in love. It usually adds up to the same thing. Cigarette, Miss Parker? Oh, thank you. Well, what is it you'd like to know, Mr. Dollar? First, let me tell you a few things. I've talked to quite a number of people during the last two days. They all worship you. In fact, only one person in the whole town said anything against you. And he's a man whose word on anything would be a little questionable. Sammy Drake, I suppose. Yes. Well, I don't know what he said, but I imagine he thought he was being honest. You see, Sammy's never understood me at all, and I guess I have given him a kind of a bad time. How do you mean? By pretending to take him seriously. Most people seem to think of me as a child, Mr. Dollar, but actually in my attitudes and awareness, I'm quite a lot older than my age. Of course. And I saw right through Sammy the first time I met him. He's just a silly little would-be tough, but he likes to think of himself as a smooth, wicked mobster type. So I pretended to go along with it, even put on an act of my own in return. And what do you think happened? You had another Tom Bates situation on your hands. Sure. Sammy took me seriously. Well, I didn't want any part of that, so of course I ran for cover. And he has never forgiven me. Well, I guess you can stand having one detractor, Miss Parker. You've got a big team on your side. I like people. I guess that's why they usually like me. I've had a wonderful life, Mr. Dollar. And I'm very grateful, especially to Daddy. He did everything possible to make me happy. I think if I'd asked for the moon, he'd have tried to get it for me. There was one thing, though, that... I understand you disagreed on. You mean my wanting to go to New York? That's right. I guess the only arguments we ever had was over that. If I'd only known how short a time he was going to be with me, I... Well, it didn't matter that much. I felt I was right that the only reason he was against the idea is because he still thought of me as a child. Parents usually do that. I know. And it just didn't matter enough to... to hurt him when he had so little time. But you can't go back... I wonder if you would try to go back for just a moment, Miss Parker, and tell me in your own words just what did happen that night. Well, Dad had gone to Richmond on business. None of us expected him back that night. All right, go on. Well, Mary, she's our housekeeper. She went to bed early. I read till about 11, then I went to bed. And shortly after midnight, something woke me, a noise down on the terrace... I looked down from my window, and I saw sort of a dark shape slip across the terrace toward the back of the house. I was scared stiff. I'd heard prowlers outside twice before during the past month. Yes, the sheriff told me you didn't. Yes, well, I realized it was up to me, because Mary would have just gone to pieces if I'd waked her. All I could think of was getting to the phone, down at the bottom of the stairs. When I started out of my room, I could hear somebody fooling with the lock on the back door. And that's when I thought of the gun. Where was it? In the drawer of the night table besides my bed. Daddy'd put it there himself after the night I heard the prowler, but I'd almost forgotten it. All right. Then what did you do? Well, I took the gun. I went back out into the upstairs hall. All I had in mind even then was to go downstairs and get that phone. But when I reached the stairway, I heard someone moving down below, and I realized that whoever it was had already got in the house, that they were starting up the stairs. And I could see just a vague blur, dark shape against the shadows. 
I was petrified. I remember thinking he's probably got a gun. And without even stopping to consider, I fired twice down the step. Yes, Miss Parker? I heard him fall. I knew I'd hit him. Mary screamed and came running out of her room. I found the switch and I turned on the lights. And then I saw what I'd done. Was Daddy. (laughs) I'm sorry, Miss Parker. And I'm sorry it's necessary for you to go back over this. I'll be all right. There was one thing that wasn't brought up at the inquest. Your father apparently tried to make a phone call from the railroad station that night, and he told the agent all he was getting was a busy signal. Could he have been trying to call here? I don't know. I didn't know about it. Would he be likely to call you, coming in unexpectedly that way? Oh, he'd be more likely to call Jake Digley. Jake runs a taxi service here. Yes, I met him. Well, he might have tried that. But Jake was out at Sammy's place that night. Well, the reason I say that is because Daddy would have known that our phone is usually off the hook at night. Was it off that night? Well, I don't remember. Maybe Mary knows. One or the other of us was always taking it off because we had to go clear downstairs to answer it. Yes, Miss Luann? Oh, Mary, the night Daddy was killed, do you remember whether the phone was off the hook or not? Yes, Miss Luann, it was. I remember when I picked it up to phone the doctor. Well, I ain't sure if you left it off that night or I did, but it was off all right. Thank you, Mary. Yes, sir. Well, Mr. Dollar, what other questions do you have? None, as a matter of fact. I did have several more, but... You've already answered them indirectly. Thanks for cooperating. You're quite a girl, Miss Parker. Oh, yes, I'm quite a girl. A girl who killed her own father. Goodbye, Mr. Dollar. I meant exactly what I said to her. One way or another, she was quite a girl. Either she was one of the sweetest, bravest, and most honest kids I'd ever met... Or she was one of the smartest, coolest little murderesses who ever walked the face of the earth. And I was very much afraid that I'd never be quite sure which. Johnny Dollar. Jim Peterson, Mr. Dollar. Oh, hiya, Sheriff. I uh, understand you talked with Miss Parker this afternoon. That's right, I did. Well, what do you think now? I think I'm going back to Hartford the first thing in the morning. So you finally decided the girl is innocent. I don't know, Sheriff. And I probably never will know. I'm just finishing up my report now. I'll send you a copy of it. Well, I'll be mighty interested in seeing it. On the basis of my investigation, I'm sure the company will pay her claim without question whenever she's ready to file I'm beat, hands down, and there's no use denying it. Well, you can't win every time, Mr. Dollar. It's not that, Sheriff. But this is the first time I've ever had to end a report with a question mark. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Green Pass, Virginia, to the Home Office, Surety Mutual Insurance Limited, Hartford, Connecticut... Assignment, the qui bono matter. Expense account, final page. Item 14, 50 cents. Notary fee on a 20-page report. A report that covered everything and told nothing. But it was the best I could do. I had no more leads, no new ideas. 
The bare facts of the case still stood. Dan Parker had returned unexpectedly from a trip, entered his darkened home late at night, and had been shot to death as a prowler by his daughter, Luann. Amount of insurance, $100,000. Beneficiary, Luann. I checked through a half a dozen theories and been forced to throw out every one of them. And the whole case finally came down to just one simple question. When Luann pulled that trigger and fired down the dark stairway, did she or did she not know that she was shooting at her father? I couldn't answer it. And I didn't believe anyone else would ever be able to. Except, of course, Luann herself. Item 15, $1 even. Transportation out to the Happy Hollow Roadhouse, where the steaks were good, the drinks were good, and a beaten-down guy could kill an evening. Well, wrap me up and nail me south. Here's that dollar man again. How's it going, Sammy? Business gets any worse, I'll open an artery. You here for kicks tonight, or are you going to put the arm on me again? Let joy reign unsuppressed. That's the word, man. That's the word. Come on over. I'll let you buy me a drink. You're riding on a swindle sheet. Or better yet, I'll let you buy me one. You own the joints. Okay, okay. Set us up, Joe. Make mine a usual fusel. What do you have, sir? Scotch on the rocks. You ever get through to that Parker chick? Yeah, I talked to her this afternoon. Well, what do you think, man? Was I right or was I right? About what? Is she a cool fool or not? I don't know, Sammy. She's a tough one to figure. She's just a tough one, period. Well, here's to the housekeeper's daughter. Yep. <laughs> ah, this stuff is murder. I don't know why the customers stand for it. So what comes next, Tex? I'm going back to Hartford in the morning. And little Cookie gets her payoff. A hundred G's. Man, it's really going for broke. If she is on the level... It's not enough to pay for the way she'll probably feel for the rest of her life. Feel? That one? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I know that little fluff. She's got a heart about as big and warm as the olive in a martini. You could be right. <laughs> I know I'm right. She's took you, man. She's took you good. Bang, bang, and the little lady wins a prize. Maybe so. A big, fat hundred G's. And bad old papa in the cold, cold ground. Man, she was really shooting for new shoes that night. Well, if she was, she's got him, Sammy. There's nothing more I can do about it. So that's life. <laughs> what is it? You win a little, lose a little. And taxes take the rest. Why, Parker's got it made, man. Safe and cozy in his little box. No more worries. Oh, sure. But we can't all be lucky. Sometimes it... Well, well. Hmm? Brace yourself, Sammy. It looks like you're rated. What? Oh, it's the sheriff. Right on time. On time? Relax, Max. He's just come to tell the tale and do the deal. Protection? Sure. Same setup I had with Parker. And the sheriff says he'll keep bully boy Bates in line. How about that, huh? Well, life goes on, I guess. Well, I wasn't expecting to run into you out here, Mr. Dollar. I don't imagine. Finish your report? Yep. Right down to the last comma, Sheriff. And the last question mark. Oh, now, I don't reckon there's any question mark. You got to the truth, all right. Just wasn't what you'd expected, that's all. Maybe so. You got a minute, Sammy? Sure thing, pal. Let's go back to the office. Stick around, Dollar. The joint will be jumping. Fine. I can hardly wait. Let's, uh, let's have another one here, bartender. Coming up. Uh, <laughs> uh, sir, would you do me the honor of having a little drink with me? Well, thanks. I'm having one with you. I've already got it. Well, so you have. So you have. <laughs> well, another little one never hurts, though. <laughs> Later, maybe. Thanks, anyway. Anytime, friend. <laughs> What line you in? 
Insurance racket. Insure? Well, well, that's all right, I guess. I, uh... Oh, thank you. Thank you, bartender. Thank you very much. I'm in ladies' ready-to-wear myself. Must be fascinating. A wholesale. I work out of Baltimore. Cover three whole states. Oh, I've got a great little line of merchandise. <laughs> I uh, really don't need any. Oh, the heck with business. Let's live a little, shall we? <laughs> a Mr. Dollar. Oh. Johnny Dollar. Oh, yes. Well, well, here's looking at you, Dollar. Uh, you know, I always believe in living while I can. Because you never know. Now, that's a very profound thought. No, sir. You just never do. Because it can happen to anybody. Just like it did to a fellow I met last week. Man right here in this town, too. A fellow named Parker. Parker? That's right. He was a fine chap. I met him on the train coming out from Richmond. And I was on my way to Roanoke. Oh, we were laughing and we were joking and everything. And that very night he got killed. And I read about it in the paper. So you just don't never know. Hey, look, tell me something. Are you the man who got off the train with him, talked with him on the platform while the train was standing in the station? That's right, that's right. He wanted me to meet his daughter. And that's all he talked about. It was his daughter. Oh, he was crazy about that kid. Well, uh, did he expect her to be there at the station? Yes, but she wasn't. I, I guess he got the wires crossed. He tried to phone her, but he, he didn't have any luck. So I get back on the train. He walks off down the road. And a half hour later, he's dead. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you just never know. On the train, on the way down, what did he say about his daughter? Oh, you know, the way a guy talks about his kid. He, he worshipped her. Yes, he did. That's all. He, he was telling how they were always kidding each other. and they were... Oh, say, here. Here, take a look at this tie I'm wearing. Yeah, sure. It's a nice tie. Sure, it's a nice tie. That's what anybody would think, just to look at it. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice... Come on, come on. I want to show you something about this tie. Well, uh, can't you show me without going No, out... you got to go outside, so come on, come on. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Parker gave me this tie. He was wearing one on the train, and I liked it, so he gave me one. He said he had three of them. His daughter gave them to him the week before. He got them from some novelty house. <laughs> so come on, come on. Well, look, uh, what is it you want to show me about it? Oh, come on, come on. we got to go down there at the corner of the building. Oh, boy, this will knock you out. No, I'm telling you, oh, it's just real crazy. Yeah, it must be. Parker never would have given it to me, except he had three of them. He figured he could never wear them all, so... Well, uh, well come on, let's see the trick. All right, all right. Look, it's just a nice necktie, isn't it? That's all. Yeah, that's all. Nothing out of the ordinary. Now, come on around the corner here, out of the light. Oh, boy, this is going to fracture you. <laughs> now, now, Look. Well, I'll be... Good Lord. How about that, eh? Is it crazy? That daughter of Parker's really must be something, huh? Yeah, she is. Can you imagine a kid thinking up an idea like that? Can you? <laughs> Giving her dad a necktie that, that glows in the dark. Good evening, Miss Parker. Why, Mr. Dollar, what are you doing out here this time of night? Mind if I come in? Please do. Thanks. Oh, I brought your gun back. The sheriff was finished with it. I never want to see it again. I know how you feel. I'll put it uh, here on the table. You'd better not leave it there, though. It's loaded. I wish Sheriff Peterson had kept it. Oh, it may come in handy sometime. Again. Mr. Dollar. I was planning to leave town in the morning, Miss Parker. I'd already made out my report and given you a clean bill of health. I didn't even realize I was under suspicion. 
What was I supposed to have done, Mr. Dollar? Deliberately murdered your father in order to collect $100,000 in life insurance. You've got a pretty horrible mind, haven't you? Maybe, but I wouldn't trade it for yours. Haven't you noticed my necktie, Miss Parker? I thought you'd tag it the first thing. Why should I? Because it belonged to your father. A special gift from his loving daughter. He gave it to a man he met on the train, and I bought it for $10 this evening. So now you know what happened to the third tie. That's probably been bothering you. Because I imagine you carefully destroyed the other two. I think you're a little more than slightly insane. Oh, it was a neat plan. Simple and sweet. You got the idea a month ago when the sheriff caught a prowler over on the south side of town. And suddenly you began to hear prowlers at night. You bought your father a set of ties that glow in the dark. And then you waited. And when he came back from that trip, you got your chance. You've got quite an imagination. Oh, it was a great setup. A dark house and him wearing a tie that glowed in the dark, just like this one, Miss Parker. It was a perfect target. You couldn't miss. It's almost a shame that you were beaten by one unforeseen accident. Your father talked to a stranger and gave him a tie. And that tie is going to hang you. No, I don't think so, Mr. Dollar. Turn on those lights. Well, right, you know, it is a perfect target. You were very clever, Mr. Dollar, but not quite clever enough, or you'd have not... Sheriff! Yeah, I've been standing out there on the terrace. You... No, no, Luann, you better give me the gun. No use pointing it, honey. It's loaded with blanks. You all right, Miss Dollar? Yeah, I'm all right, Sheriff. A little sick, that's all. That anybody so beautiful could be so right. You faked it. You tricked up the whole thing just to frame me, you filth. You dirty evil. That's enough, Luann, that's enough. Nobody tricked you except yourself. That's hard for me to believe. Dan and me used to take you fishing with us when you wasn't no, no higher than that. You was the prettiest little thing I think I'd ever oh, seen. Oh, shut up, you old fool. Now I got to take you someplace again. Wish I hadn't ever lived to see this time. And I'm mighty glad that Dan ain't here to see it. Come on, honey. We better get started. Expense account item 16, $148.30. Hotel and incidentals and green pass and transportation back to Hartford. Expense account total, $382.65. End of account, end of report. Remarks. When you gave me this assignment, Don, you asked a question, a phrase in Latin. Qui bono? Who benefits? So here's your answer. Nobody. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Remember, there'll be another intriguing story for you beginning next Monday night. Next week, a study in entomology. You know, bugs. And this one's the deadly variety. A firebug. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Les Crutchfield, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in this week's cast were D.J. Thompson, Mary Jane Croft, Forrest Lewis, Byron Kane, Russell Thorson, Sam Edwards, Dal McKinnon, and Howard McNear. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us on Monday night, same time and station, for another exciting story of your truly Johnny Dollar. This is Roy Rowan speaking.
Welcome back. Well, a solid serial in terms of atmosphere, in terms of great acting throughout. You know, Howard McNear comes in with the end with a fun uh, character. Not one of the really crazy out there eccentric characters he often plays, but still does a really good job. But then we have our solution. And how very convenient that on the night that Johnny is about to give up, who should stumble into this local roadhouse, which operates under dubious legality, and you get the feeling is more of a local spot, but this guy just happens to show up at the same place as Johnny and provide the key clue. And then you just have the machinations of the murder. I mean, making this a premeditated thing, it just creates a lot of problems because, you know, she needs it to be a situation where he gets into town late on the train and Jake is over at the Routwood house and is unavailable. And not only that, she would have to remove the tie after the killing and then go through the briefcase to get the other tie if, you know, he was carrying all of these glow-in-the-dark ties with him. Now, I don't usually go back and listen to my previous commentaries on these episodes, but I was curious if I let this whole thing go by, and I listened to it, and I didn't. My thoughts were similar, but there were some differences. One thing that occurred to me then that didn't occur to me when I was listening this time was that if Dan had told random strangers on the train about the -the glow-in-the-dark ties because he was so impressed with them, odds are that in small-town Virginia, he would have also told people around town so they would have known about it, which I think was a good point. Um, In fairness, I did also, nine years ago, suggest that uh, there was a risk of him taking off the tie because it was hot. But thinking about that further, the story occurred in February, so probably not. I also question the good manners of someone who wears a glow-in-the-dark tie on an overnight train where people are trying to get their sleep. I mean, in that instance, his daughter may not even have had to end up doing the killing. I think I was a little more forgiving of it uh, back then because I did enjoy the really positive points, and I still did on that in terms of the acting and all the performances and the atmosphere. I think that somehow my tolerance for nonsense is kind of lessened by the fact that we just played that Philo Vance episode yesterday. And with first time through I was listening to it, we were playing Nick Carter, which never ever sunk to the level of nonsense that Philo Vance can get down to. But still, it was enjoyable despite the really sort of silly solution to the case. Listener comments and feedback now. And we have uh, some comments on YouTube regarding the Ricardo Amarigo matter. Roncher wrote, Howard McNear usually plays the Philadelphia agent. Today, it is Harry Bartell. Well, Roncher, 
Uh, Howard McNear, I can't remember every role he's played. He may have played a Philadelphia insurance agent, but Harry Bartell is the one who created the character of Harry Branson, who would essentially become the go-to agent from Philadelphia for the rest of the Bob Bailey run. And another listener comments, Johnny is extra snarky this week. I think that was true of that story, but we also got to see a little bit of it in this story, the start of episode four, when he was dealing with that acting county attorney. You definitely got an extra dose of sarcasm, which definitely adds to the enjoyment of the story. And then we have a comment on Instagram from Doc, who writes, Great episode. Thanks, Adam, for all you do to make these amazing old-time radio programs available. Well, thank you so much, Doc. It's appreciated. And now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Jack, Patreon supporter since November 2019, currently supporting the program at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Jack. And that will actually do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And if you're listening on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell to be sure you're notified of new episodes, and leave a comment. All those great things help YouTube channels to grow. We'll be back on Tuesday with another Yours Truly Johnny Dollar serial, but join us back here tomorrow for Tales of the Texas Rangers, where... What's down this way? The road swings around in a loop. Looks like he was heading for it. Come on. Get up, boy. Unless somebody's giving him a lift, maybe we can catch up to him. There's the road over there, Ranger. You can see it through that break in the brush. Yeah. And there's someone walking along that shoulder right now. That, that's him. He's the one. Up, Charlie. Come on. He's running. Hold up, mister. Hey, you. Go away. Go away. Stop. Right there. Stop. Stop. Hold up, I said. Whoa, whoa, Charlie. This is him, all right. You lousy skunk. What do you want from me, senor? All right, stand still while I frisk you. Uh, why you do this? What are you looking for? Yeah, just checking to see if you're carrying any weapons. <laughs> Are you the one working back there in that farmhouse? No, no. Don't lie to me. I didn't do nothing. What's your name? Carlos Mendoza. Let's see your wallet. Here. Mm, there's $40 in here. Where's the rest of it? <laughs> That's all I got. Why'd you kill him? I didn't. Where's Mr. Hines? What'd you do with him? I didn't do nothing. He hired me. He'd go on vacation like I told you. Lie. I'll make you talk. Hold it, Daniel. Tell him around, Ranger. I'll make him tell the truth. You're no. not going to touch He's him, just gonna hear me. Lie. You're going to let him get away with killing us. I want to see justice. We'll done. see justice done in the courts. Not the way you want to do it. All right, Mendoza. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.